Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Um, hello to you, and uh, welcome to my, my uh, co-host, Steve McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nick. So this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, a deeper sort of dive into some of the 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 layers of being the layers of evolution if you will yeah we talk a lot about human nature on this show and often the way we present it is simplified to some extent just simply so we can get the concepts across uh, in a short space of time but the more you dive into human nature the more complex it becomes and so i just want to unpack a little bit more of that complexity this morning without making it too difficult to understand Mm. Uh, and reveal some of the the hidden drivers and the kind of mysteries around human nature which leave us often puzzled as to why people do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Who isn't puzzled by that? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. No matter where you sit yeah. in your particular evolutionary spiral, you are definitely puzzled by somebody else out there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to look at uh, something called the six deep strata concept, which mm-hmm. we have raised on the show previously quite a while back. Yeah. And then look at how some of the deeper levers, levels in that strata can be driving things that show up very differently at surface level. So when we you know, presented with someone's words, their behavior, uh, and then try and reconcile that with their deeper values, uh, it can be very confusing because mm. those deeper values might be the same in many different cases, yet result in completely different behaviors mm. and actions mm. and motivations. And this is quite a turnaround from, I guess, from how most people, I hesitate to use that term, but how most people think <laughs> about about things that uh, that actually, if you are in a particular frame of expression of values, that you're likely to be living sort of a similar way somehow, but it's actually not the case. That's right. It's, mm. it's very easy to stereotype, and it's I guess it's one of the ways that we try and make sense of the world is by grouping people together in stereotypes, but that also leads to misunderstanding in many cases. Yeah. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. Yeah, you're tuned to Bay FM. It's 9.17 here on Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald. And we're going to take a bit of a deep dive this morning into layers of development and how we move from one uh, evolutionary paradigm, so to speak, to another, and some of the, uh, the challenges and the, and the deep structures therein and how they operate. Yeah, and uh, expand on that too to look at how the value systems, which are like very, very deep drivers that sit in our subconscious, mm. can impact our behavior, the way that we think and, and act, obviously, uh, and in unexpected ways and in different ways. So people with the same deep driving values can show up very, very differently in everyday life, and that can be terribly confusing. Mm. So uh, we we do... Uh, I guess we don't really apologise for the extra complexity, but this is a, it's a little bit of a, a trip down the rabbit hole this morning, uh, yes. and uh, a little bit beyond. No, we shouldn't apologise for complexity. I, I, we like to encourage people's approach towards complexity. I know it's easy to think things should be just simple, linear, from A to B, cause and effect. However, 
Uh, the most important thing at the moment is that the world is becoming such a confusing place and there's so many weird things going on out there that are difficult to explain. We really need to start digging a little bit deeper in an understanding of yeah. human nature to make sense of these things and, and that's what it's all about really. Yeah. So we're going to start by talking about the six deep strata concept mm. and uh, we'll tweet an image of this uh, after the show and post mm. it on Facebook as well if you want to look at it later. Yeah. But this is something that's come out of the spiral dynamics movement. Uh, to, as best I understand it, I believe that this list was uh, a list of strata, six strata, was developed by uh, Don Beck, who was one of the authors of the spiral dynamics book, in conjunction with Christopher Cook, who was a, a spiral dynamics consultant and was one of my teachers uh, many, many years ago when I was learning about spiral dynamics. Yep. And then I've added the six layer to it. So originally it was, was called the five deep strata. By the spiral dynamics that's, group. That's that's Stephen Donnelly. He's got to add another layer. <laughs> and so it starts out looking at surface level behaviours mm. and actions, and and these things are very apparent to us. They're yeah. easy to observe, uh, not always easy to understand. Uh, you know, in terms of the deeper things. And so let's go deeper and mm. see what lies underneath those. Mm -hmm. So the surface level behaviours and actions of people are influenced by the systems and structures that they live within and the artifacts that mm. they interact with. So these are the, the immediate aspects of our life conditions. And those things are designed by mindsets which sit below uh, at the third level. Yeah. And those mindsets are a conscious thing. If you ask somebody about their mindset, they're aware of it and they can describe mm. it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And below the mindset at the fourth level sits what we call value systems or core intelligences. And these are related to the layers of consciousness. Mm. Each layer has its own associated value system or you could call it a core intelligence and that sits in the subconscious so particularly for people who are living and operating through the the first tier of six layers of consciousness those things are invisible however when we transition into the second tier of consciousness we start to develop uh, a sensory capacity to directly sense the frequency of those core intelligences, which is quite interesting. So that's they're sitting at the fourth layer and uh, subconscious for most people, and they adapt to our life conditions, both internal and external. So internal life conditions really are all-encompassing in terms of our psychological world. Mm. So, so everything in our history that shaped our psychology mm. uh, and everything in the present moment that, that is impacting our internal world, mm. uh, we class as life conditions together with everything that we are experiencing externally. So it's an all-encompassing word, life conditions, both internal and yes. external. So there's this dance going on between those life conditions, internal and external, and our dominant value system. Yes. And our dominant value system acts like a framework through which we make sense of reality. So all the sensory input, both internal and external, is interacting with that value system and we're constructing a, a way of making sense of what's going on and we're responding according to what's coded into those uh, value system, that particular mm. value system. Yes. And then below that, again, at the sixth level, sits an evolutionary impulse, mm. which seems to, as best we can figure out, apply to everything in this mm physical reality yes. everything seems to be driven by an evolu evolutionary impulse everything is evolving it seems when we look back in history and mm. see the trajectory and the way things are changing i mean some people would immediately contest that in terms of um, consciousness and the idea that consciousness itself evolves how would you respond to that 
uh, yeah, that's I, I'd respond carefully to that. I yes. mean, I wouldn't make a blanket <laughs> statement about it, but I, what I would say is that uh, the the things, the manifest things that consciousness is expressed through evolve. Mm, okay, yeah. the manifest things through which consciousness, consciousness expresses is expressed, is expressed as perceived it, that evolves itself. Yeah, mm. yeah, that, that's what I'd say. Mm. You know, whether consciousness itself evolves is it's something that I well that's a question I can't answer yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody can this is a big question isn't it it, sure. is. it is one of the big questions yeah so what's interesting about looking at this six deep strata is it offers an avenue for understanding other humans and and relating better with other humans and it really if if you go through an analysis using these six layers you know you start at the bottom with that evolutionary impulse which applies to everybody and everything mm. so you're starting from common ground there and it doesn't matter who a person is what their attitude is towards something or how they behave they like you are driven at some level by that evolutionary impulse mm. how aware of it they are consciously and how responsive they are to it varies of course and of course we're not just talking about darwinian um, science here we're talking about a much more complex approach to evolution that's right we're not you know uh, darwin was concerned really with uh, material yep. evolution the evolution what's most efficacious to uh, to um, to privilege in terms of evolution over things that weren't useful anymore so to speak yeah so from that common ground of the evolutionary impulse, we've then got uh, layers five and four, which are our internal and external life conditions and our dominant value system, or value systems to be more correct, because everybody is mostly operating across about three different value systems, and the value systems are one and the same as the layers of consciousness that we always talk about yeah. on this show. So for somebody who was like in the mainstream, sort of modern scientific industrial world, a part of their personality would be operating out of the previous sort of authoritarian agricultural way of being human and a part of it would likely be pushing into the mm -hmm. postmodern relativistic yeah. you know, humanistic kind of way of being uh, and that's again a very gen a very much a generalization because everybody's different every human being on the planet is different no one's exactly the same mm -hmm. And so we need to generalize to, to give a general understanding of human nature. So there's this dance going on there between life conditions and our value systems. And the value system, you can think of it as, as like a computer code. It is absolutely coded with particular mm. structures that prompt um, responses to the environment in different ways. And there are very specific themes. And later in the show, we'll talk about those very specific themes at this deep level, which apply to, to those different layers of consciousness or value systems. There's, there's this dance going on there. And so you can have two people who are operating from different value systems who will encounter their life conditions. You know, I, I'd argue that no one, no two people have the same internal life conditions because our histories are all quite different. Yes. Um, but the external life conditions, of, of course, can be quite similar. Uh, and, uh, and so two people operating from two different value systems might respond in very different ways. For example, somebody might be operating from the, the third layer of consciousness where the value system is coded to interpret everything as a power struggle. Yes. So, you know, life's a jungle, you've got to fight to survive. And so encountering something externally, the first thought might be, you know, what's going on here? How do I need to fight this? Um, whereas someone from uh, layer four of consciousness, that particular value system is coded to sacrifice oneself for a higher purpose. You know, so so they might be asking, okay, what's the righteous thing to do here mm. in this situation, or how you know what's my duty here, mm. and what do I need to do according to the higher instructions from whatever higher authority they've latched onto from that particular value set. 
Now, that, that makes sense, right? It's fairly simple to understand, different value systems, different responses. However, the tricky thing is you can have people who come from exactly the same layer of consciousness and who are coded according to the same value systems who respond differently. Expressing completely different aspects on the surface, so to speak, or in their, in their life um, ways of being. That's right. And the reason that that happens is because what, the code, the coded aspect of the value system is really a general theme, and yeah. that general theme can be applied in many, many different ways. And, of course, we all have free choice yes. right? uh, to some extent. Uh, and, and, again, that's a whole nother yes. hole. We, we, we won't go there uh, right now. Maybe another day. Uh, so, um, so it's true to say, according to our research-based understanding of human nature, that two people in the same physical life conditions, however, with uh, and with the same uh, operating system in terms of their values and their consciousness. Same codes. Same codes yeah. can respond and latch on to different things. And, and I guess probably one of the most often used examples is uh, in the, the, the topic of religion. When we look at the religious impulse, which is driven out of the fourth layer of consciousness, which is the uh, what, what we refer to as the agricultural era way of being human, where society was class-based. It's a communally driven value system, which is um, based around self-sacrifice for the greater good. And it, it codes us to look for a higher authority that will guide us on how to live a life in a righteous way. And the reason behind doing that is so that we can be rewarded later on. Oh, yes. And classically, of course, in a religious context, that reward comes in the afterlife. Mm. Mm. Uh, however, we, you can have, and obviously we do have in the world, many, many different types of religions. So that same driving value system might uh, cause one person to latch onto Christianity and another person to, to latch onto Islam or Judaism or some other similar structured religion. And they're, they're guided by the same value systems, the same themes uh, at that deep fourth level of the, the six deep strata, and yet it's going to play out quite differently. So then the mindsets, which are the third layer that emerge from Christianity versus uh, Islam, can of course be different, and we see that in the everyday world. Mm. And then going up another level, the systems and structures and artifacts that are designed by those mindsets can show up extremely differently. Mm. And if you've ever been into a Christian church and then gone into a, a mosque, you'll yes, see yeah. it's, it's a very different structure. Very it different. has a very different design. Yeah. Well, even just the, the feel of it sort of indicates that too, just the the, 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 vi the psychic vibration of those spaces are very different, even though they have the same purpose, as you're saying, they have a purpose to worship the higher authority. That's right, mm. exactly. And the rituals and things that you see play the out there are quite different also. Yes. And then getting up to the top of the six deep strata at the first level, you've got people's behaviours and actions, which are influenced by all those things below. And again, they, they can show up quite differently. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is one of the more confusing aspects of human nature. And often when we look at the surface level stuff and we see somebody doing something differently, we assume that their values are not the same as ours. Yeah. But actually at a deep level, they may be very, very similar. And that's a, that itself is a, is a great learning. But as you've already said, of course, in this first tier of consciousness, consciousness that we talk about, the first six layers, it's very hard to identify other layers or to see them as in, as individual or um, you know standalone um, uh, paradigms in themselves. It is. They are essentially invisible, and this is yes. this is part of the, the confounding aspect. It's very confounding. Of this is when we're living through those first six layers of consciousness, and so we're talking about everything from a from a species perspective everything from hunter-gatherer through to the emerging paradigm yeah. now, which is this 
next level communal humanistic way of uh, of being who we are, mm. which is very ecologically conscious and very much concerned about the damage that we've done, particularly in the in the previous fifth scientific mm. industrial way of living. Uh, and uh, and this is just bubbling up and exploding all over the world at the moment, particularly through the, the climate issue, of course. Mm. Yeah. So um, um, as we live through these layers, uh, right up to and including that emerging one, which is and, and I say emerging in a in a generalised context because the the dominant global paradigm right now is shifting from scientific industrial to this emerging humanistic eco conscious kind of way of being human. Right up to and including that sixth layer, these uh, core intelligences, value systems at the fourth level of the deep strata are essentially invisible. We don't see them at all. What we what we do see is we see people's behaviours and actions. We see the, the structures and the artefacts that people make. We get a sense of the systems they might design and live by. We have some understanding of their mindsets, but then uh, really the, the fourth layer is totally invisible. We just can't see it. It's amazing when you think of this in terms of uh, the religious example that you've been giving there. Wouldn't it be wonderful just imagining where, uh, that a, a religion could see another religion, an opposing religion, if you will, as having those sort of same core intelligences somewhere and uh, thereby being able to understand each other great in a better way than they can. But of course, this is basically yeah. impossible. Well, well it's know, not we, impossible. We see it emerging at the sixth okay. layer. So this the mm. current paradigm that we're shifting to at the moment, you know, we see things like churches uniting. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and we yeah. see multi-faith yes. organisations, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. where people are getting a sense that, okay, maybe we're all actually worshipping the same God, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're all, there is but one creator and we're just interpreting that, you know, we're seeing that creator from different perspectives and this is a rational minded uh, understanding that's developing and what happens when we flip into the second tier and go to the seventh layer is it goes beyond just a rational minded understanding into a direct sensing capacity. Mm-hmm which is beyond the rational mind. Yes, at which point I guess all the labels of churches and the various artifacts, structures and systems can fall away and uh, and give room for whatever else, whatever the expression that expresses exactly that, this, this deeper connection, this deeper openness and deeper understanding of that. Yeah, these things will be appreciated as, mm. you know, the richness of, of human culture in general, all these different ways yes. that we have of doing what we do. Yeah. Uh, and and this is also uh, one of the reasons why this emerging paradigm is predicted to be the most peaceful expression of humanity yet, because mm. we're starting to get that rational-minded understanding that, oh, hang on a minute, actually there's more commonality than we think here. Yes, more commonality than we think. I think it's a beautiful way to look at it. Bay FM 99.9. One step ahead of reality as we know it. It's 9.42 here on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans through till 11 o'clock this morning. And we're teasing out some of the drivers, some of the, uh, the compulsions also that, uh, that create the tension that uh, allows us to move towards personal growth and evolution in human species evolution as well. Yeah, we've been talking about the six deep strata, uh, six different layers that are influential to human behaviour. Uh, and uh, our actions and, and words being the, the f- top layer of that strata. So mm. what we experience in an everyday sense of other people is, is the tip of the iceberg. And when people are teaching this stuff, they often use an iceberg analogy to show that you know what's visible is just really, really a small part of the overall structure. There. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, we're just going to talk now through the different layers of consciousness and look at what some of the fundamental themes are that, that are sitting down there in our subconscious, which then shape our mindsets and the systems and structures that we create and the way that we behave and speak in the world. And we'll start uh, from, a, I guess, each one of these layers applies both to humanity at a species level and also to us uh, and to our growth as human beings from being a newborn through to being a mature adult. Mm. And uh, where we end up in, in this sort of uh, uh, group of layers of consciousness here, which are, which are nested inside each other like the layers of skin on, on an onion, um, where we end up as uh, our dominant operating system or dominant value system really depends on the complexity of our life conditions. So it's, uh, you know, it's not a judgment about somebody's worth. It's actually a reflection of somebody's life conditions and where they've had to adapt to yeah. and operate from in order to survive adequately yeah. on the yes. planet. Yeah. So we'll start at, at layer one, which at a species level refers, refers to when we first became human. And uh, we, often we call that the hunter-gatherer hunter kind of existence. We don't have a lot of good information about it because we didn't have written language back then, and so the, the records aren't all that good. And plus, we've got all these gaps in our history, yes. <laughs> which, yes. which are you know forever being revised and updated. And I, I'm, I'm still reading Freddie Silver's latest book at the moment called The Missing Lands, which is Ooh. absolutely fascinating yes. about uh, megalithic history mm. uh, and some of these amazing builders that we had way back before you know before the time that we where our recorded history goes to yes. uh, and uh, there are many many mysteries and unexplained aspects of, of human history there which i'm sure will yeah, a good topic for us to in the future for sure yeah. clearly a lot of these things are, be, are being revealed and also uh, funny you say that because i i've seen something the other day about the notion that all those great civilizations those megalithic structures and the pyramids and uh, um you know the uh, uh, South America and uh, you know the Easter Island, all these places, all these incredible structures uh, are the artifacts of civilizations that didn't quite make it, that actually failed, and that we're actually now the one who uh, is going to sort of uh, succeed on the planet. This is just one take that I was looking at the other day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have uh, a lot of faith in Freddie Silver's work. I'm a yeah. big fan of his, and uh, I commend his his writing and his videos yes. to, to anybody who's interested in this sort of stuff. And one of the things that he's making really clear in this book called The Missing Lands is that the oldest structures on the planet that we can find are actually of superior construction quality. And if you look at the civilizations that are built mm. upon these old structures, and he's talking about things like the, the Egyptian pyramids, yes. yeah. uh, the, the things at, at places like um, Lake Titicaca in, yes. in Peru yeah. and many, many other sites all through the Americas and, and really all around the world, you know, uh, this other place that they've um, found in, in Turkey, uh, Gebekli Tepe. Yes, yes. Uh, places in Indonesia now mm. where they're finding very, very old pyramid structures, mm. uh, it, which even the, the Indonesian government is reluctant to actually admit or accept. Um, mm. They're finding that the, the oldest structures are actually the, of the best construction quality in terms of the, the quality of the stonework, the, the how precision. the stones are fitted together, the, yes. the size of the stones, which is, you know, some of these stones we couldn't move today with all the technology. Yes, exactly. So, so there's something clearly that, uh, in a mainstream sense, we don't understand about our history here. So, And I always yeah. like to just yes. give that rider when I'm going through this evolutionary sequence from hunter gatherer onwards because things are not necessarily exactly as they seem. No. But at the hunter-gatherer level, uh, in Claire Graves' research, he 
described the, the main theme here as express self now to satisfy our basic needs of, yeah. of survival. And that's quite simple. Uh, he did um, refer to human existence at this level as being very much similar to, to an animal-like existence. Obviously, there was something from a, a point of view of consciousness which distinguished that shift from us being you know, non-human to human. And I'm sure we'll get more detail on that as the, the years go by. Um, but essentially at this uh, layer one, in the same way that when we're first born, we, we simply live to survive and, and really nothing more. We were do also doing that at, at the hunter-gatherer level initially anyway. Yes. And as you've already alluded to and right there again to this, uh, this structure, this model also can very much apply just to an individual in certain times of their life, as you're saying, that age zero to 18 months or so that is encompassed by this first layer, the instinctive self, yeah. and that drive just to stay alive, basically. Yeah. And at, a, at an individual level, you know, as a baby, we're, we're basically uh, taking, you know, we're starting to make sense of living in this reality and trying to figure things out and trying mm. to figure out who, who these big blurry <laughs> blobs are that, you know. But they're giving me food and they're touching and me occasionally, food, hopefully okay. in, a, in a good way, and hopefully they're loving me and hopefully they're exactly. actually nurturing and caring for me. Exactly, For yeah. those who receive that, that's a really good start to uh, to your structure, to your way of being. And for those who are not, it's another challenge. Yeah. Um, interestingly, when Claire Graves was doing his research, uh, he spent about nine years gathering field data from, from various participants, 1065 in fact, uh, in his field study. And uh, this first layer was missing from his data, essentially because you know he wasn't uh, asking babies to write papers and <laughs> answer questions. Why not? <laughs> and he was smart enough to realise that there was something missing, and he mm. ended up um, locating a tribe in the Philippines called the Tassaday oh, yes, tribe yes. that he recognised were significantly different than most other mm. uh, tribal indigenous people on the mm. planet, and so he used them to help him understand this mm. more basic layer. Uh, years later, the Tassaday had their own website called Tassaday.com. Oh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly evolved very quickly. Life or did they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. So the second layer then, uh, the second layer refers to our uh, childhood existence at a personal level when we're, we, we start to walk and talk and we can communicate and we can understand. We start to learn about the, the customs within the family, what you do, what you don't do. Uh, and the structure of the people around us, you know, the, the father, mother figures and extended family and those sorts of things. And at a species level, that equates to uh, traditional tribal existence yeah. where we've come together from the hunter-gatherer existence, we've gathered together, uh, and this being a communally oriented uh, yes. layer or value system as opposed to an individually oriented one. And we develop the tribal structure, which um, scientists tell us, you know, typically refers to uh, up to about sort of 150, 160 people. Yes, yes. And right. and the the um, so the theme there that Graves uh, wrote down was sacrifice self to the way of your elders, and this involves. Um, Focusing on our internal world because the, the communal systems do that. They're more focused on the internal world than, our, than, than wanting to change the external world. We want to feel safe and secure and uh, tribal interaction allows us to do that and we learn that by following the customs and avoiding the taboos within our tribe or our family. Then this will ensure our well-being and from a sort of a bigger picture sense uh, within a tribal existence it will lead to the continuation of our lineage uh, the continuation of yeah. our stewardship of our country, mm. which is sacred to us, 
and it will also uh, ensure that we please our ancestor spirits and our creator spirits as well. Yes. All of these things are structured to, uh, to help us feel safe and secure living that way because we know this is going to be the outcome because our ancestors did this for many, many, many years and, and life cycles before. Keep the spirits happy and the tribe's nest warm and safe, as one other commentator says about this layer. That's right. And the really interesting thing about this is because these layers are nested, you know, they're all inside every one of us. So every one of you listening out here, whether you're listening to the podcast later or you're listening to the show live, this is a part of you. You know, you you have that essential survival element that needs to satisfy all of those things that you must satisfy in order to survive. You have this uh, tribal layer also, Mm. which uh, is, is drawing you to want to feel safe and secure within a community of some sort. And to have structures like customs and taboos, things that yeah. you know you can do, things that well, we you all do. Shouldn't we do. All, many, many people have rituals, don't they? I mean, this is the thing, especially in this emerging sixth layer, which is a resonance with this layer and yes. one, of, one of the communal Absolutely. layers. This notion of, of, of rituals of one sort or the other, having a little, having a a, a, a sacred a sacred place in your home. Uh, doing the same thing every morning, doing your yoga practice, doing your meditation every morning. So all these are kind of resonances to some degree with this uh, this layer, isn't it? Yeah, all layers within us, all Mm. layers within us. Mm. And then the third layer, uh, which develops at an individual level, uh, you know, the development starts early on, but typically it's sort of flowering in the teenage years, and it's marked by that individual kind of splitting away or wanting to split away at least from the family structure to sort of learn about who they are as an individual within the world. Mm. Uh, And it's in what I call the pre-rational zone. So all of these three layers that we've we've discussed now sit within a pre-rational way of operating. So what that means is it's prior to the full development of the rational mind. So the rational mind not in charge. What's in charge is my urges, my instincts Mm. and my immediate wants. Mm. And so typically in this layer, as it's expressed, we see a sort of an absence of cause and effect understanding. You know, it's like, I want to eat this lolly now right before dinner time because I feel like it. Uh, and and we're not, we don't have the sort of hardware and the software running to, to actually moderate our, our behavior mm. and stop and think, okay, if I eat that now, A, it's going to mess up my blood sugar level and B, you know, I probably won't eat my dinner. <laughs> And that's that's of course where we that's, we're a, layer, that's a later layer of thinking. Yeah, that kind yeah of thing. exactly, oh, exactly. My, my so blood sugar levels, my blood sugar. Why do I want to get my it, blood sugar? <laughs> exactly. So so Graves uh, characterised the, the deep theme that sits in our subconscious, associated with this third layer, as express self now to hell with others. And he he emphasised the need to avoid shame. So yeah, that's interesting. Explain that. That's a, yeah. that's an interesting one. I didn't quite understand that one. Yeah, so I'll unpack mm. just a little bit more. Uh, so this being an individually oriented layer, it's focused on the our external world as opposed to our internal world, and uh, we're looking to change the world to suit ourselves. And the world is perceived at this layer as a jungle, and we've got to fight for what we need and mm. want. Okay, so everything's a challenge. Everything is some kind of power struggle, uh, and uh, we we are led to want to have power over others. Uh, and parents know you just know that when the kids get to this point <laughs> um, and uh, that can be both physical and emotional power different expressions of power yeah. graves called it egocentric this layer and our self-image and our image in the eyes of others is absolutely paramount it's key to our experience of life and making mm-hmm. sense of the world and therefore to be shamed or to, to feel shame is a terrible terrible fate for somebody 
at, at this layer. And in extreme cases, it can lead people to suicide because they feel so ashamed. And I guess we see this in some cultures, of course, uh, in, in the East, I'm thinking of Japanese culture, for example, which at, at an earlier time, to some degree now, I, I'd imagine, um, express this layer of... Uh, of being. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, indigenous deaths in custody. Indigenous deaths in uh, custody. Custody, yes. very good one, yeah. Uh, are a great example of that, of the, the terrible, terrible shame of it, having this happen to you. And, mm. and it's so shameful that you can't, you feel like you can't continue with life, yeah. you know, in, in extreme cases, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, we might take a break there and we'll come back and continue through the layers. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on BayFM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.